This program is brought to you by Pussy Magnets. Welcome, welcome, my lovely lumps. Or should I say lovely labs? I'm so thrilled to have you here in the Labia Lounge to yarn about all things sexuality, womanhood, holistic health, and everything in between. Your legs. Ah, uh, can never help myself. Anyway, we're going to have vag loads of real chats with real people about real shit. So buckle up, you're about to receive the sex ed that you never had and have a bloody good laugh while you're at it. Before we get stuck in, I'd like to respectfully acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I'm recording this, the Manang people. It's an absolute privilege to be living and creating dope podcast content on Noongar country and I pay respect to their elders past, present and emerging. Now, if you're ready, let's flap and do this. <laughs> oh God, is there such thing as too many vagina jokes in the one intro? <laughs> Whatever, I'm leaving it in. It's my podcast. Don't panic, you're not broken. Your sex education was a piece of shit. Get your flaps out and pull up the couch. It's the Labia Lounge. Hey, hey, my labial lovers. Welcome back to the lounge where I'll be serving you some seriously spicy shit today because I've got an incredible guest with me, Anna D, to chat about her journey as, in my opinion, an incredibly creative and inspired entrepreneur and sex worker or as she likes to say, stripper turned CEO, which I love. Uh, so let me introduce Anna D, also known as her viral alter ego, Rebecca Blue. She displays the uncensored story of being a self-made professional goddess, which we will get into. Anna D is a modern day femme fatale. She is a serial entrepreneur, author, podcast host, and social media icon. Uh, and since the age of 18, she has founded and led several seven-figure virtual web stores as a one-woman show. Ten years later, she continues to showcase her unapologetic vulnerability behind the scenes of her life, and Anna's experiences continue to serve as an invaluable resource to teach young women how to harness their own sexuality, ambition, and empowerment to build their own empires. Damn! Oh my God, oh that my gave God. me goosebumps. <laughs> I'm like, is that me? Really? <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, it's all you. Uh-huh. Oh my God. I'm so into what you're about, Anna. I'm really thrilled to have you. It's, thank you. Thank for you for <laughs> that amazing intro. When I'm in the thick of it day to day, I just, I feel like I'm just, I, I, there's no words. It doesn't feel that extravagant <laughs> until you say it like that. <laughs> Well, I do tend to have serious overachievers on this podcast. Like every time I read out the bios, I'm just like, fuck me. Oh my God. Do you want to do enough stuff? You're not even ready. Like, come on. I know. Like what's next? And it's like world domination. Duh. (laughs) Duh. Oh my God. All right. So I, when I was preparing for our chat today, I have to admit, I was a bit overwhelmed about where to even start because of all of that. You know, you're so prolific and you've got so many businesses and avenues that we could explore, which could all 
be an episode on their own. Agreed. Um, so I've tried to, <laughs> yeah, I've tried to narrow it down and just pick like one or two topics to focus on today. Um, <clears throat> and I think I'm going to probably zero in a bit on like the professional goddess stuff you know everyone finds that so juicy and it's so fascinating so we have to go there agreed Um, but before we zoom in on that could you give us a quick rundown on like your many businesses so that we can just get a bit of a bird's eye view of what you've got going on day to day because I think it's just fucking so impressive and also it's all very like it feels very complimentary like the different businesses all fit really nicely together and your jam so give us the rundown. Well thank you I I'm just a slut who works from home and has <laughs> a million passion projects and I'm such an overachiever. Whenever I have an idea, I'm like, I need to LLC this. How can I scale it? How can I just turn this into a million dollars per use? But it definitely took an entire decade to get here. So I think when a lot of people see my viralness and what's going on, they're like, oh my God, I want to do that. Teach me. And I'm like, it's a lot of fucking hard work. So I'm pretty much like an eBay girl. I started on eBay. I learned how to just flip, like loved garage sales, natural hustler, sold weed in middle school, the whole nine. And <laughs> then it just turned into me, you know, starting like a little Shopify store. And I was like, oh, piece of cake. Let's do it again with different products. And now I have a plethora of stores. So by the time I was 21, I basically was in my garage. I was a successful cam model and I also owned Alien Outfitters, which was the first store to sell knives, pipes, and dildos, like a weird fucking (laughs) one-stop stripper shop. So fast (laughs) trifecta. (laughs) So fast forward to now, I'm so proud to say I've actually like niched out each store. Um, my my most proud store is the Horny Stoner, which is the first sex shops, um, sex shop smoke shop, excuse me. So we sell <laughs> pipes and dildos, and if you're you know a horny stoner, it's a dream come true. And for our knives, we also started a separate store called Blades for Babes because I realized that a lot of women don't know how to defend themselves, especially sluts who need it most. So selling knives on the side. Uh, Alien Outfitters is still alive and thriving. It's just accessories and clothing. But honestly, it's such a competitive market. Like with Amazon, it's almost just so hard to compete. We're really just focusing on the Horny Stoner and Blades for Babes right now. But in all of that, I'm still a sex worker because I love virtual sex work. I was a stripper, but I realized I was so much more comfortable webcam modeling at home. And fast forward to OnlyFans, which just blew sex work out the water. I quickly climbed to the 1%. And I was like, oh my God, like I want to teach everyone else how to do this because it's so accessible and you can even do it anonymously. And I started sharing my journey on TikTok about my sex work side of life because in my e-commerce and my square businesses, it's not something I present like it took me long enough just to be the face of the company but with sex work it's like I wanted to separate that completely so Rebecca Blue is my alias in that industry but I started just really sharing my experiences on TikTok about it and quickly I realized there's 
like not a lot of help or resources for women, especially beginners, to do this safely. And I was like, I need to write a fucking book, like an ebook, a podcast, YouTube, everything. Like I need resources out now because my friends are starting and they're already getting stalked within the first week. So then the professional goddess was born, just another asset on the on the wheel of fuckery in my life. And I just <laughs> oh, the community it brings to just especially beginners who have, are just like deer in headlights. It's been amazing to offer guidance and also pair like, it's like I'm making money at home doing it, but these experiences are happening. And while they're happening, I'm like, how can I use this to teach somebody? So it's really crazy to apply it in educational form as I'm hoeing at home and it's all just a work in progress, but it's basically like an entire entertainment company at this point. I have employees. People work at my house <laughs> with me. It really doesn't feel like real life until you realize like you can't quit or you get can get fired because you're your own boss. <laughs> it's just bizarre. <laughs> so that's oh kind of the synopsis God. of it all. It's just it's it's crazy. <laughs> Wow. Wow. I'm, yeah, I'm so inspired. I'm so impressed. I mean, I definitely have in the past on and off tried my hand at doing the virtual, um, the virtual stuff, but oh, it was actually just so much more work than I was prepared for. And I think like, I get really annoyed when people are just like, oh yeah, you can just like, you know, sell your knickers online, make so much money. And I'm like, um, there's a bit more to it than that, isn't there? Like it felt as though it would almost have become a full-time job for me, like if I was going to be putting enough in to be earning enough. Um, And I mean, that was like probably eight years ago or something. So maybe it's easier now. Sounds a little bit more accessible the way you've been describing it. Well, it is accessible, (laughs) but it's the websites are so flooded now. And it's funny you say that because Mm. I get the comment a lot like, oh, you live your life on easy mode. And I'm like, honey, I'm working 80 hours a week still. Like it's not getting any easier to chase that bag. I mean, there are days where I won't sell a pair of panties. Maybe weeks I won't. And then a week will come and I sell two pairs every day. It's just when it rains, it pours. This is not a business for the weak hearted because it takes persistent motivation. But if you have time and energy, then it will cater to you because it's major customer service and like trying to find the needle in the haystack, getting the big spenders, but it's Mm -hmm. a lot of digging and it can be painful Mm -hmm. and taxing on your mental health. So the strong really survive in the industry. But again, the accessibility we have to it can be an outlet for, say, a single mom who really needs to find a side hustle and wants to try something new, et cetera. It's, it's a, what do they say, a double-edged sword? Yeah. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's not for everyone. It's not for the faint-hearted. Like, it definitely takes a lot of perseverance or just, like, sheer luck if you do find that white whale, like, first yes. up. but. I found it was so much, yeah, customer service, like you said, but like not regular customer service, like customer service that for <laughs> me personally was like crushing my soul because it made me feel like just a fucking sex object who was getting like, like just fielding so many ridiculous, mm. not ridiculous, but so many um, messages and questions and calls. And um, it was all like, you know, coming across certain humans that just made me feel like shit. And I was like, whoa, it's so hard to weed out 
those ones and find the one, you know, and then I was like, wow, I don't actually know if this is good for my mental health and it's definitely not worth like the amount of admin hours I put in sifting through ads and going online and, you know, replying to people and trying to work out terms and stuff like compared to how much I actually got paid. I was like, this is a million percent not worth it for me. And I just didn't stick with it. (laughs) I can totally agree to that. I've had times where I have to literally cry and think about not offing myself before I do a custom. And it's like, you have, you get used to like putting on this mask. And it also like, it caters to people who almost have like multiple personalities, because if you can bring out the actress in you and really just totally shut off your human nature, it can be a lot easier until you find, you know, your repeat customers. And then you have a schedule of like regulars and once a weekers and can find comfort in that. But when you start Mm. cam modeling, you are being thrown to the wolves. I mean, these guys are on there picking you apart from head to fucking toe, literally your toes. And they are telling you everything bad about you. And you have to sit there with a pretty face on and be naked at the same time. And it's traumatizing because these guys, a lot of them are so mad at being rejected in real life that they are just like, this is my opportunity. Here's a hot girl. I'm going to do everything to make her feel bad. And again, the strong survive in it. So there's different forms of sex work as well. Like cam modeling is one that's very vicious, but that is the one in particular that kind of opened the gateway to sex work for me, which led into the weird things I saw on the internet, like the dirty panties and my spit (laughs) and burping in a bag and my toenails and all the things that people are like, ew. And I'm like, but I'm not working in a cubicle. That's ew to me. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Oh my God. And yeah, that was, that was my next question was like, okay, so, cause I do want to get into, you know, how it affects your mental health, how you can separate that from, you know, I want to get into the nitty gritty later, but just to like give it clear the air. What's yeah. Like come on elephant in the room. What's shitty selling for money? Like what's an average (laughs) week or, you know, (laughs) so Selling weird things on the internet is something I've gone viral for on TikTok. I I actually had to make a new account because my accounts just get banned left and right. Uh, so Professional Goddess is the one that's live right now. But I comedically show off what it's like sh- uh, selling my foot peels, body hair, uh, used face wipes, my trash, um, the the dust on my floor, anything you can think of that has touched my body or has encountered my essence has value because there are slaves and submissives who are into this worshiping kink who feel a sexual arousal when they receive something from a goddess like myself. And some people find that weird, but kinks have been around from the dawn of time. And I like to relate it to you know, guys love when you leave your panties at their house, or I love a a good boyfriend's hoodie because the pheromones and the smells, it makes me feel so connected to them. So if there's a celebrity on the internet, like to me, it wouldn't be that weird if I wanted a few of their toenails. (laughs) Like, I mean, maybe that's (laughs) me like normalizing it, but it's extremely um, comforting to be a safe space for someone who is probably closeted in this type of sexuality. And if they're going to pay me for something that I don't even have to invest in, like it's literally just shutting off my body, then I am all here for it. If it's a safe, consensual environment, it's a fair transaction. Um, but it's really not just the product. Again, like you said, customer service, it goes a long way because you're selling 
an experience. And if you want them to come back, you have to leave some mystery and room to grow in the types of products they're purchasing. But people find it absolutely bizarre that this is a thing, but it's just bizarre because now it's put in front of your face on the internet. But it's, you know, panty and sock selling has been around since the internet started, I'm sure since people were selling nudes. So you know, I have a menu, there's a price list and range for everything. And it really all depends on what your customer's budget is. But there is a market price for everything. So socks and panties, we want to say the low ends 20, the high ends 50. But if you're doing a sale every day, then you're getting into the hundreds and then into the thousands by the end of the month. So for me, I have months where on a low end, I can make a thousand from the weird things I sell. And on the high end, it could be 10,000. And a lot of that has to do with the content that I'm pairing with the sale. So the panties might just be $50, but the video of me wearing the panties and the extra types of juices I'm putting in the panties, those are all add-ons. So you really have to be a mastermind hustler to get that $20 sale into a $200 sale. So then you can utilize camming or OnlyFans to funnel customers into these sales. So I use these platforms as ways to like cast my line to find customers in order to get those uh, purchases up. But it's, it's hit or miss, girl. There are slow days, there are fast days, and it's, it's definitely high risk, high reward type of work. Mm, yeah, no doubt. So what's the, what is the, okay, what is the weirdest thing you've sold and the thing that you've made the most money from? Because what is jumping to mind that I've seen that you've sold is your IUD and you, you said you got thousands for that. Is that taking the cake or is there even more bizarre things that you've sold? <laughs> Honestly, that one still takes the cake for a four-figure sale and he has it sitting on his mantle like a trophy and I love it because... I, I knew in that moment when my gynecologist took it out and he he fucking threw it in the trash. And I was like, that's been inside of me for so long. And I'm crying, having a panic attack as you like rip it from my cervix. Like, no, this cannot end this way. So I sent one of my regulars an email like, hey, would you be interested in this? It just, you know, my brain thinks that way. Uh, so it wasn't something that was listed for auction that got high bids. He was a regular customer. Mm-hmm. So it definitely isn't a normal day. Definitely want to normalize that. (laughs) Um, But lately, the burping in a bag, I sell for about $50 a pop. So to me, that is the most low effort sale because with panties and socks, you have to get these products so pungent. And, you know, women's bodies don't always produce like whether you're ovulating or not different Uh, liquids are coming out. So there are days where I have to go Mm. jog a mile to get the sale out quicker. But with the burping, it's just so (laughs) easy. And I belch really well. So a lot of my clients are here for the burping. And it's it's just interesting because I was so shamed for it in, you know, my younger years. And I teach a lot of my followers how to use what makes you weird and unique and possibly what you were shamed Mm. for, and how to let it empower you and to take your power back. So like, People still on the internet, you know, talk shit every day like, oh, you burp like a man and look at your manly muscles. And I'm like, Tom and John and Chad are paying me very well (laughs) for these guns of steel. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love that so much. (laughs) 
It's just bizarre. Oh, I'm, I am i don't know if I'm sad that my life's come to this. Like whenever I have children or grandkids, <laughs> be like, mom has all her burps in a bag, Sally. Get to work. Go get a job. <laughs> I think it's the best. You'll probably be selling geriatric burps and bucks and adult diapers by then. And I think like power to you. I've like, I feel like there's nothing more empowering than the thought of like, excrement or something like a byproduct of your body being so valuable and coveted by somebody else like that must be a really good feeling right yeah I mean it it definitely it's a a long time coming I've I've deserved to feel this way for so long and and women are just trained that we have to cater to men in so many different ways to feel loved and and all this stuff and it it just it, it does feel nice to get emails in the morning of of you know, men saying they looked at this picture and it made them feel this way. Now they want to submit on all fours and tie themselves to their bed and just wait for me to speak to them. I'm just like, ah, the time has come. The goddess has risen. <laughs> totally. Oh, so completely unrelated question that um, that I'm going to just humor myself with. So the, the burps in the bag, like I I have often had the conversation with people of like what happens to smell particles or the thing that makes things smell once they, like if I farted in a jar is usually my example, which is similar to burping in a bag. Like if I farted in a jar, how like, and then someone else opened it down the track, does it still smell inside there? Like, do they still get the aroma of your burp I, or it's I, more the idea of it? That's a great question. I believe it's more of the fantasy around it. And I'm actually, yeah. I'm happy you asked that because my brain just went to hustle mode and it's like, I need to be searching for like a, a sponge or some <laughs> sort of material that could latch the smell on more, like maybe like a wet mm. tissue or something to put in the bag. But I do have a vacuum sealer and for any type of clothing item that definitely, I mean, it sucks and seals so much because I've had oh. panties sent around in them where they've been ready, but the buyer maybe never pays and I'll open it up and give it a whiff later. And I'm like, whoa, she still got it. <laughs> yeah, cool. So probably if it's like clinging to fabric and it's sealed well, then yeah. But yeah, I'm always so curious about like smell particles in air whether That's they actually question. stick around or whether they like, yeah, drop out of the oxygen, but then they're still in the jar. Or, I don't know. It's actually something I've spoken about to many people. Well, I mean, <laughs> farting is some, I get requests for farts all the time, but all my bubbles just come up. They never go down. Like, and if I get a fart, it is like everyone in the house knows, like she's got one coming. Yeah, it is same. here. <laughs> it's probably like not helping. <laughs> so I'm, I probably think that farts probably stay Okay, I will say I found on a Reddit thread that if you <laughs> fart in the bath and let's say the jar is like above your butthole, you're about to fart. Um, if the jar is halfway in the water and then the bubble does get in through the jar and then you can seal it up while it's halfway underwater, it's like the best way to get the physical fart in the jar and sealed oh. <laughs> tight all in one instead oh of God. the air like 
releasing from it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. One, Whoa, one day. So elaborate. <laughs> I was like, but that makes oh sense. Science. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, like when I was having this jar and a fart conversation last with my partner, we also got into the topic of like farts in the shower and why they smell so much worse. And there is like – there are scientific reasons. We Googled it. But that's, you know, that's another topic. Well, that's probably why it makes sense. And there has to be something with, like, the moisture that's something. Mm. But totally agree. I love smelling my farts when I fart in the tub. It's I don't know why. I think we all do. Yeah. <laughs> we all do. Come on. We all do. We just don't all admit it. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, babe towns. So sorry to interrupt, but I simply had to pop my head into the lounge here and mention another virtual lounge that you've got to get around. It's the Labia Lounge Facebook group that I've created for listeners of the potty to mingle in. And there you'll find extra bits and bobs like freebies or discounts for offerings from guests who've been interviewed on the podcast, inspiring and thought-provoking conversations, and support from a community of labial legends. I also have an account on the fab new app Sunroom, which is a platform created by women for women and non-binary folk, and where there's no shadow banning or censorship of sex-positive content, unlike with the other platforms that I'm on. So you can hit up my sunroom for extra content and real and raw life updates because I'll be sharing on there from now on all of the stuff that I can't post anywhere else. My vision for both of these is that they become really supportive, educational, and hilarious resources for you to have more access to me and a safe space to ask questions that you can't ask anywhere else. So head over to the links in the show notes and I'll hopefully see you in there. And now back to the episode. So this seems to be like a good good little time to segue in and drop in the segment Get Pregnant and Die. Get Pregnant and Die. Yeah. Hey, well, I mean, I do already have a soundbite. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Won't steal your soundbite. Don't have sex, because you will get pregnant and die. Don't, don't have sex in the missionary position. Don't have, don't have sex standing up. Just don't do it. Promise? <laughs> well done. That was brilliant. <laughs> I don't know. I like yours. Maybe we can maybe we can layer it. <laughs> Sample. <laughs> all right. So, what do you got? Uh, this is a segment where I ask all my guests if they have uh, an anecdote or a story about their sex ed. Maybe how it failed them. Maybe a really creepy sex ed teacher. Um, yeah, just just a little story about your sex ed. Well, sex ed for me was wait till marriage, which wasn't happening. So little 14-year-old Anna decided to use all her daddy issues and find love in a 18, 19-year-old terrible man who snuck in my house in the middle of the night when my mom was at work as a nurse. And little Anna did not want to have sex, but she thought that was how you showed love. So she's still struggling with all the thoughts of her saying no, and it's still happening and coming to terms with Mm. that being a little rapey. Um, So the lack of sex ed and the lack of a father figure kind of put that in a blender and it turned into that. Um, And it luckily my mother 
found the condoms under my bed. Thank God he had fucking condoms. Who knew? Um, And she put me on birth control. So, so grateful because nowadays it's like we don't even know if we'll still have access to birth control. Um, So she put me in a more private Christian school because of this, because it was so shameful and she must be punished. So little Anna just said, well, I have to explore and figure this all out. And definitely by the time she turned 17, she was a professional stripper. (laughs) So (laughs) I think the lack of sex ed really drew me as this, like, I'm, I'm a Scorpio. I'm such a sexual being. Anytime I see, performers on stage or anything sexual like my whole body radiates like I know it was what I was destined to be or in a past life I just I feel so like Cleopatra or something I know it's my power Mm. and it makes me feel so good Uh, so having to be self-exploratory it was really all I knew so when I transitioned into webcam modeling it was really my fans during these privates and customs that taught me and walked me through how to use sex toys and eventually come for the first time by the time I was 19 with little Hitachi who's somewhere under, oh, there she is. (laughs) (laughs) So very self-exploratory and it's so crazy to think that I sell dildos and sex toys now and have the opportunity to teach women, men, and trans people how to utilize these toys to find self-pleasure because I'm just, I, I rack my brain and I think why they don't even teach us really how to have sex, but they don't even teach self-pleasure. Like what if we had all of our teens to really find self-pleasure with our own orgasm, then we wouldn't be chasing sex so much. And we'd be avoiding pregnancies and avoiding these shitty relationships and there is so much a good orgasm can do. I mean, I orgasmed right before the show because I knew it would put me in a great mood. Like, an <laughs> O a day keeps the doctor away, right? <laughs> so it's it was, I mean, it was very traumatic in the younger years. But at the time, I didn't know it was trauma. It was, it was just normal to me. All my friends were having sex and there was just nothing talked about for female pleasure. It was just, I'm going to fuck this guy or we fucked like just the F word, it, nothing yeah. more. And now it's like, who oh, I'm going to light some candles, give myself an hour to fucking try to get 10 orgasms in my pocket. Like this is my only goal for this evening. <laughs> Oh, I love you. I love you too. She's passionate. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, amazing. Although I'm so sorry to hear about your first sort of experience. I wish that wasn't such a common um, story that I hear like through lots of clients and and podcast guests as well. So, um, (sighs) And on that kind of topic of like having boundaries completely crossed, um, I'm curious about with the sex work side of things and and the stripper side of things and Mm. and everything, like have you had many occasions where your boundaries have really been crossed um, and like how have you handled that or how have you learned to handle that better over the years? That's a great question. I think the stripper community – we don't talk about what happens at the club and the VIPs a lot. And 
Luckily, I worked at a club where the bouncers were very accessible. So if guys wanted to whip it out or get gropey, you knew with the snap of a finger, they'd get kicked out of the club. But even at the time, I didn't think about, well, what if he's like waiting behind the club before I leave, you know, which is why like, I'm so happy to be selling tasers and and knives these days to feel protected when I walk anywhere because you just never fucking know. Um, But in the club, I always felt super empowered, like even in different clubs, like nowadays, you really can't touch the dancers. So I mean, I've been drunk off my ass in a club and I've tried to even like, you know, give the girl a little booty clap and she's like, I'm sorry, you can't do that here. And I'm like, oh my God, I am so sorry. I like, (laughs) it was just, it's second nature sometimes when you've worked in a club, but it's very clear communication is something that takes practice and time. I think when you have the pleasure to, what's the word? When you have the... There's a good word for this. Um, Because a lot of sex workers, privilege, it is a privilege to be a virtual sex workers because there's a lot of girls on the streets who don't have that privilege or an option to be Mm. that. But when you are one virtually, you can just block someone and say no really quickly. Um, So it's, it hasn't, I don't have any like horror stories or anything. Um, Nothing's too bad has ever happened in that way. I have done shows where I've done private shows where guys, I guess, get off on self mutilation. And that should be discussed prior because there are dominatrixes who are well versed in that type of art, but that does not me. So don't bring something out to hurt yourself when I'm just trying to have a good time. Um, so there's been moments like that that really scar and affect you. I've had guys like bring out like their animals during a show. And for me, that is a huge fucking no. That is I will I will come to your house with an axe. <laughs> okay. I got a dog rescue. I love animals more than I love myself. So huge no-no for me. I can't believe that bestiality is still accessible online and actually legal oh. in some states. So what? Yeah, it's it's barbaric. Um, So for me, those types of images, like I'm a very visual learner and images will stick in me like a I can just filter through them in my mind. Um, So again, with sex work, it takes a very thick skinned person. And I was very thin skinned when I started. So I think it just kind of I just adapted to it. And then you just kind of become numb to it. And then it's just another day in paradise. (laughs) (laughs) but again on the contrary i feel like people who work you know um at a fast food restaurant or even as a waitress like they deal with dickheads all day so i think it's all relative and all perception as to what kind of fuckery you deal with but i do feel really grateful at the end of the day i can just shut my laptop be like okay it's over take off the mask go take a bath, Mm. have some wine. And the self-care process is much more important than the actual work because you can't be the best Mm. performer unless you are divinely taking care of your body from head to toe. Like Mm. make that a business expense, like go hard in the paint when it comes to massages and you getting your toes, Mm. toes done. Like don't feel guilty about it because at the end of the day, you don't realize how much you need it. Mm. 
Yeah, amazing that you mentioned that. It's so, so, so fucking important. Like especially, I mean, it's important regardless and I'm always reminding people just how essential self-care and self-love practices are, especially as women who are very empathetic, very giving, you know. We're constantly taking care of everyone else's needs and putting, you know, our own last. So when you're in an industry that is a service industry, like I, I feel like, doing body work you know is quite draining to me sometimes and I need to ramp up my self-care and then a whole other layer would be the sex work side of things so really yeah really really important um and yeah that kind of leads me into my next little line of questioning which is around like how yeah how tricky is it and how long did it take you and like what are your strategies for keeping I guess keeping your head screwed on and keeping these things separate because like does it bleed into or try to bleed into your life and your relationship with yourself or your relationship with intimate partners like how do you find a balance there um with your personal life and the sex work I wish there was a perfect answer and I've been battling this every day and I think the beauty you said at the beginning you know your audience really loves how authentic the podcast is. And I think what I bring to my work is the authenticity of my life. So when I'm living normal day-to-day scenarios, it turns into content that I use virtually, uh, especially in like the vlogging mm-hmm. aspects or sharing my experiences. So it's it's a very gray area. And I I wish I had the right answer for that. And I think just the self-care aspect of booking those appointments and not just one massage. It's like book one every week for the next three months and setting uh, reminders in your phone. Like I have daily reminders like, hey, go meditate for 10 minutes or go walk the dogs or go take a bath, like consistently reminding myself because no one else is going to remind me having uh, like a gratitude journal or just these silly bullshit things really add up and make a difference. But even in my sex life with my partner, when we try new things, the moment they're happening, I'm like, I can't wait to talk about this on the podcast. (laughs) But I think just being very uh, perceptive and aware when those things are happening and telling yourself, like, just be in the moment right now, knowing when to disconnect and when not to. It's it's hard, especially with my e-commerce businesses. I have about 10 different Instagram accounts. I'm consistently posting all day. So sometimes when I get in bed and I just want to shit scroll for myself, because I'm a poster. I'm not a, a watcher. I don't really ingest anything. I'm always just projecting it out. So sometimes we'll be in bed and he's like, just put your phone down. I'm like, you motherfucker. I have been posting on this phone all day and I haven't had 10 minutes of myself to just shit scroll. And this is my self care. Okay. (laughs) So it's moments like that where I can separate. I'm having pleasure right now. I am doing my shit scrolling, which is for me and it's appreciated. Uh, but having those boundaries, uh, setting, Um, I've been really trying to have vacations with him that aren't just content vacations. You know, we'll go to these beautiful places and I'm like, but there's a, uh, what are they called? Like a bear claw tub that's behind the B&B. Like I'd love to do some OnlyFans stuff in it. And he's like, go have your hour, go get your power hour. And then we're going to, you know, enjoy this vacation. (laughs) So he's super respectful because he knows that he's reaping the benefits of this beautiful lifestyle as it is. 
But at the end of the day, I think if you're a content creator, the separation is so vague. And being a content creator mm. is such a new form of work and um, an occupation. So there's, it's just one of those that has to be blendable. And as long as you're conscious, aware, doing your self-care, having friends and people around you that can recognize when you're about to burn out has been really critical for me. Um, I was got really sick last week. And now that my business is back in my house again, I it's hard not to separate the two. It was a lot easier when we had a separate space. So in our group text thread, everyone on the team is like, Anna, fucking stop. Like we are shutting you down. And I'm like, oh, I love you guys. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for doing what I couldn't do for myself. So my advice is if you can't do it, phone a friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it's so great that you've got community around that are like able to catch that and yeah yeah I've found a really similar thing with like the content and I'm nowhere near as prolific and I only have the one main kind of account but it is crazy how much it just starts to like I see the world through a different lens now anytime you know certain things happen I'm like oh my god like it's that it's that it's like the new version of like, oh, Kodak moment. It's like, oh, that's a grammable moment. Like I could make that into a reel or that's good content. Or like, you know, like my partner and I'll have like a discussion or an argument that will like resolve and then it'll be really productive. And I'll be like, oh my God, I can't wait to talk about this on the I podcast. Know. He's like, ah, oh, babe. Like, and I just kind of see mm. everything as like a valuable, you know, like a teachable moment or a, yeah. a vulnerable thing that I could share that would help other people feel less alone because they can relate to my story or you know it's just and that's cool and everything but I'm also kind of continuously grappling with how do I find a balance that feels like healthy and not as though I'm just a slave like content robot that you know my life is being like really affected by this and am I enjoying this experience as much when in the back of my mind or the front of my mind sometimes I'm like oh my god I want to get my phone out and capture this because what a waste otherwise if it isn't being used yeah. for content because you know it's my business and I'm, I'm the same I don't consume like I, I never really like very rarely scroll or read posts or look at other people's stuff which I feel really blessed about because it's super addictive and I know a lot of people struggle with wasting a lot of time mm -hmm. and it's bad for your mental health I'm mostly just posting and it's it's mostly like for business um you know because I'm I'm in a similar I guess I, I guess I'm trying to do a similar thing to you in in like sharing parts of my story in order to I guess shine light on certain issues or but educate at, at other the people same time empower. and not to interrupt but it's I, yeah. I feel like we we relate on that so much but I think it, it's important to recognize that that is our magic and that's what makes us mm. so beautiful and loved and appreciated. So without having that third eye of seeing when, th when things are really meaningful and should be shared, it's like, why would you want to dumb that down? So I think it's really mm. about um, being conscious of when it should be open and when it should be closed. So it's like these so many yeah. like different levels of consciousness to be, aware of and hyper aware of and it's 
It's exhausting. Mm, totally. <laughs> it's exhausting. And I'm sure it's exhausting for my partner, the poor thing. Like I'm, I'm, yeah, he's often just like, yo, like I don't want to be in that video. And are you going to post that? I don't really want you to post that. And I'm like, but it's so candid and it's so this and it's so that. And I'm like, oh no, what well, have I become? My partner, I think you're right. My partner's completely, <laughs> I've kept him off the grid and all my content because I can't be my brand if I'm, if I'm a, what's the word? Like I need to appear attainable, especially to the male audience. Mm -hmm. So we made that decision Mm -hmm. a long time ago that I needed to appear that way for my brand. So like my true, true followers know that I'm loved Mm -hmm. and taken care of, but all the newbies that come through, I'm just uh, probably appear single because I'm not posting Mm -hmm. my mans all the time, but he's totally off the grid, not on social media. So it's very liberating for me because then I can live freely as this object that I have crafted online without the fear of like what he's thinking or if he's reading the comments. So it's nice, yeah, you know, I'll yeah. see, I'll be doing the Kodak moment. I'm like, get out the fucking frame. <laughs> 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 but he, he he's cool. <laughs> and he's older. Oh, I love me an older man. So he is like, do your thing, girl. I appreciate you. He's not some insecure 20 something year old who's intimidated or anything. I mean, we met when I had nothing. So he is like, you go girl, get it. Perfect. Love that for you. you. (laughs) Uh, And what about like the, the, um, I guess something I noticed and maybe you can relate to this. Maybe it's not an issue for you, but something I noticed was like, I was becoming and other friends who are sex workers will say this to me as well like they uh become more like cynical and kind of man um because of that feeling of being so objectified all the time so sexualized so like um yeah I guess also coming up against some like pretty seedy yucky behavior and having boundaries crossed and having to continuously like hold your ground and assert yourself and then I suppose just yeah being seen as a sexual object like for me, that was really tricky and I actually didn't like it. I know some people, like, it actually feeds into their private mm-hmm. sex life and it feels really <clears throat> kinky and amazing. Um, for me, I found it tricky. How do you go, like, in your private sex life and intimacy, like, do you feel like it's affected by the sex work stuff or do you keep them super separate or do they, like, feed into one another in a complementary way and you kind of use it? Excuse the interruption, my loves, but I'm shamelessly seeking reviews and five-star ratings for the potty because, as I'm sure you've noticed by now, it's pretty fab. And the more people who get to hear it, the more people it can help. Reviews and ratings help me curry favor with the algorithmic gods and get suggested to other listeners to check out. Plus, they make me feel really good and appreciated as I continue to pour my heart and soul into creating this baby for you. And I promise I don't maz over them or anything. I mostly just tuck them away for a rainy day when I'm filled with self-doubt and existential dread about being self-employed, which is fairly frequently. (laughs) So you see, leaving a review really does make a difference and it's an easy little act of support that you can take in just a minute or two by either going to Spotify and leaving five stars for the show or writing a written review and leaving five stars over on Apple Podcasts. Choose your poison, or if you're a real overachiever, you could do both. Whoa now. If you are writing a review, though, just be sure to only use G-rated words, because despite the fact that this is a podcast about sexuality, words like sex can be censored and your review won't actually show up. 
lame. Anyway, oh, oh, what was that? Oh, you're going to go do it right now while I wait. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, that's a great idea. May as well just quickly click that five-star button before we get on with it and, you know, like forget about it and get on with your day. Um, um, oh, I'm hearing them roll in. I'm hearing those five stars. <laughs> Oh my God, I make myself cringe. Anyway, uh, thank you much, Lee. You're a total gem and I'll let you get back to the episode now. I think for anyone, that would be a challenge. And I think being dominant on the internet and being the untouchable goddess, like if if any peasant of a man tells me I'm anything less, it just doesn't phase me. Like, oh, I don't even hear it. But then to go in the bedroom and for me to be this like little submissive baby to my mans that no one else in the world gets to see. And it's so special. It's like being Hannah Montana, like two different worlds. <laughs> so for me, I really grasp to that because it's not – he – He's more of a dom in the bedroom. So like he's not really going to get off if I'm dominant. And if sometimes I turn that on and it's and it's fine, but it it just feels a little forced. Like it's just nice to I guess I'm a switch so I can I can be submissive and dominant. Um so it's for me it's like a match made in heaven cuz I can play both parts. But there's yeah. definitely – I think for me the thing is after I've been up here in this room and I've had to fucking zap myself and come and do all these shows and record you know, a batch amount of content in a few hours, then to come downstairs and I'm just like a wet rag with no libido, like then it's hard if like he is needing something of me. But then it's more of like, hey, maybe I'm just going to give you a back rub or we'll do something a little more dumbed down. But on the contrary, sometimes I'm up here like fluffing myself up for him, like wearing myself out. Mm. And then I get to go downstairs and I'm loose as a goose and he can just have me. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Oh, but I, as long as well, like, I'm just so communicative about it, though. So he always knows exactly where my head space is because he's he's a simple mm. man. So it's really me, the one that would get in my head too much about it. But I definitely I'm I'm happy I can separate that sexuality from keeping it shut in this room. And when I shut the door, it's done, it's over. And then I can walk downstairs and live like this normal life and have the beauty that no one gets to know about it except me. Like it's so special to have that. And I encourage people to think twice before you share all your love moments online because I swear the universe does not like that for some reason. Mm. Oh, it's so special that you get to be submissive and just have, you know, be able to totally surrender and have that part of yourself nourished because with like nourished. being a boss bitch, you are constantly like, you know, on and you're being dominant in the sex work side of things. You're being a fucking CEO and like having to run the show and hold all, all of this weight on your shoulders and keep kind of everything in the air. Um, it must just be so nice to be like able to totally melt and have someone else hold space for you and like be in control for once. And I, I think being in a, I call it a partnership a lot because I feel like people just want to fall in love and find this person that they're so in love with. And I'm like, to me, having this like partnership where you feed each other in the way you need to be fed and where you can live in an environment 
that makes you feel safe and comfortable is so much more important and are the things you should be looking for in a partner to live a lifestyle that meets all of your needs. And it's not like sex is not the most important thing for us. It's having a safe and comfortable environment because I'm doing so much. And if I need support, like that's literally what I need sometimes is just support, just an ear. Like when I've had all this craziness all day and he's living a much more simple life, it's just the support that I need. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's very interesting. And again, I think the age gap definitely helps with that. He's so patient with me and so kind and I can just be Oh, I just in raw form, I can be all over the place because I'm a creative, I'm a lover, like we're all just crazy in a beautiful way. So to have someone to be able to harness that in and can just give me the perspective I need and, you know, because we all, we're just thinking about everything all at once and today, yesterday, Mm -hmm. tomorrow, next year. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then so at the same time, he, he's like, what are these toenails on the counter? Do you need me to bag these up? <laughs> just like, baby. <laughs> or and I'm screaming down to him like, do you have any toenails to spare? Because I'm all out. I'm dry. <laughs> My toes are raw. <laughs> My earwax is dried up. Like, I know. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> amazing. Oh, crazy. So beautiful. Thank you. I never talk about him this much, but you've <laughs> opened that up a little bit. <laughs> Yay! I love love, and it's so nice. It's so nice to acknowledge what an important, special, you know, thing that is to have a part. Like I feel unbelievably grateful and lucky and privileged to have a beautiful partnership that provides that for me, and I definitely don't take it for granted because I hadn't had that. So yeah, I feel you. Well, especially with you said like body work and healing, like I can only imagine what you need in contrary to that. Mm, Yeah, yeah, totally. Mm. All right. Well, are you ready for the segment TMI? We love it. TMI. I mean, the whole episode is basically TMI, but do you have anything that you haven't shared yet that might be considered TMI? I got a good one for you. So I had this, what did you call them earlier? A white whale? The the guys that spend a whole lot of money on a whole little. So this Mm -hmm. guy, I don't know if he found me on Instagram, but he just wanted peeing videos of me, just like me on the toilet peeing, not even showing my face. And again, I'm not having to invest in this product. It's literally something I'm going to do for free. So he would send like hundreds of dollars at a time, multiple times a day. This was an amazing few weeks of my life. I was very sad it ended so quickly with just ghosted me. I'm like, did you find someone else that peed better than me? But long story short, I'm going to a friend's house. I see this as an opportunity and I'm like, Hey, I'm about to meet up with my girlfriend. Maybe we can both pee for you. And you know, I'm, I'm a giving friend. I'm like, if I can get this girl some money, we can go out to eat and get the whole chef special and not even think twice about it. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) he's like, how can I get you guys peeing at the same time? And me just being a genius, just kidding. Um, I, I decide, <laughs> I said to my friend, I am going to sit on your lap 
on the toilet and we are going to stream together at the same time. And that's what we did. I sat on her pretty lap and we both peed holding the camera and tried our darnest not to just scream and laugh. And I've known her for so long. Like I'm, we, I'm sure we've done a lot worse together, but we made about $500 and we just hit the town and bar hopped and just didn't even think twice about our bill. We just spent it all in one sitting. We tipped the bartenders like $50 here on one shot. It was so much fun and we every time we get drunk with our friends we share that story i'm just like remember when i peed on your lap (laughs) (laughs) tmi (laughs) oh my god well i will one-up you because i have done that with my partner we were like how can we figure out how to wee at the same time in the toilet and i sat on the toilet and then he straddled me and his like dick was kind of he draped it down between my legs and we like cross streamed across the street. Just to see, just to see if we could do it. We're always just doing weird stuff with our bodies. You got to save water. Like you got to save water, right? <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, he'll pee on me on the shower sometimes just to be funny, but I don't, oh, I've yeah, never. Who doesn't? That's true. That's true. Look at me thinking that's weird. <laughs> I don't know. I think you have to have a playful dynamic. Yes. You know, 100%. I don't think all couples do that necessarily. 100%. Uh, all right. So I want to get into like a bit of the um, logistics and like the how to side of things. Um, well, like, you know, I guess the ins and outs of how this could work for someone and what it actually takes. Cause I feel, yeah, I feel like maybe some people think it's a little bit more straightforward and easy. And like, you can just go from like having zero, um, web presence or online presence or whatever to like, yeah, selling your earwax and farts to make heaps of bank. Um, and I think there's a few extra steps <laughs> in there that maybe people aren't aware of. So yeah, I wondered if you had some like, tips or first steps for people who are looking to get into this um and the shit that like you know you don't know that you don't know like I was sort of doing my own research years ago and just really realizing that there was way more to it and there was so much that I didn't know even just lingo and like I was like whoa 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 this would take me a long time to wrap my head around it and actually build up enough of a um a presence and yeah, I guess I guess where do we start? That's a great question. I think a, I I used to do mentorships quite often and then I realized they were a bit more draining than I thought they would. It's a lot easier for me to kind of provide information to the masses. Um I just I'm such an empath and I care so much and I root for yeah. people and if I feel yeah. disappointed it like destroys me. But I've found that just creating your profile on these accounts, let's say for OnlyFans, you know, sometimes we get so overwhelmed with just setting up our profile and you have to put your mind like in in the male mind and really simplify it. And really when it comes to your picture, your banner, it's like, okay, show them your face in the profile picture on the banner, show them the body in the about me in one sentence describe who you are and what sets you apart you don't have to say i'm 
a brunette from South Carolina and I like to ride bikes, like you need to say like, I am a firecracker um, who does JOIs and anal and like whatever your specialties are, but something that's like eye catching and sets you apart from other people and not just generic things. Like you don't have to, it doesn't have to be huge and descriptive but something that a guy's going to read and go, I want to follow her. And like, I I wish I could pull up mine and read it. I could probably do it. Um, (laughs) But also Um, that made me think of like um, how you were saying earlier. And I know I've um, seen this about you online, how like you were kind of bullied and really self-conscious when you were a kid about your muscular body type and how now you've made this your niche. So, you know, because it's unique about you, Um, And I just wanted to emphasize that and be like, you don't have to be like, um, you know, conventionally beautiful or like sexy because that is pretty much just generic at this point. There's so many people doing it. So, yeah, find what makes you unique. Yes. So be the big fish in a small pond. So, yes, I'm blonde. I have blue eyes and tattoos. I'm sure there's a million other girls on OnlyFans who do that too. But I want to exude that I can burp the loudest and I can flex harder than your dad and all those other things that make people go, whoa, she's interesting. I want to see what more she has to offer. Like there's this weird factor that people, people love taboo things. So definitely digging deep down, figuring out what makes you unique. Even if it's something you may not like about yourself, like your size or your age, like these are niches that have a huge audience. Like MILF isn't a top trending term for a a reason, you know, like it's Mm. moms are huge in the adult entertainment industry. So use that to your advantage. I mean, people are selling breast milk for a lot of money. I wish I had some breast milk to pump out. So finding what makes you unique. And then it's really important to go on Twitter and find about five models that you could envision yourself being really similar to like, wow, I want to be where they're at. Look at their profiles. Look at the hashtags they're using, the lingo you're talking about. See what words they're using and really adapt to that and have it become part of your vocabulary and research these topics like JOI is jack off instruction. So it's a thing where you film yourself with like a dildo and you are encouraging the viewer watching to, you know, stroke the cock the way you're stroking it and eventually ejaculate. There's something called like a countdown that a lot of guys enjoy. So at the end you do the 10 nine and you know, at zero they're supposed to come. So if you are researching your type of model that you envision yourself as watch videos of them, maybe subscribe to their channels and just emulate what's working. And it's guaranteed for for you to work. And this is just what I did with my square businesses. When I started selling clothing, I clearly had a ton of clothing stores that I admired and was really inspired by. So I would subscribe to their email lists and see what kind of content they'd put out to their Uh, email subscribers. And I would emulate that to my email subscribers because I found value in what they gave me. And I wanted to give that value to my future customers. So it's, it's very similar in that instance, like research goes a long way, but you don't want to get caught up in researching your life away. Like you also have to just throw yourself into it and you can't, 
set a $9.99 subscription fee with zero posts and expect people to subscribe and get pissed off when they don't, like you need a good 20, 30 pieces of content up so that when people subscribe, you have something there and it doesn't have to like, just don't overthink it. Like again, guys are so simple. Like they want to see some ass and titties, you know, face tune it if you want to, to make yourself feel more comfortable, whatever, you know, floats your boat, but just get it out there, get something to start, have your canvas, throw a little paint on it, and then just fine tune it as you go. And you will notice an income difference as you make these changes. So just really process those changes and what works, what doesn't. And it's just always a work in progress. There's really no right or wrong. Just really feel what your intuition is telling you, see what the successful models are doing. Definitely don't price yourself way too high to start. Definitely, um, you know, start on the lower end. But if if you have something very unique to give, then definitely tax on that for sure because you don't want to start some extreme taboo niche and just be completely underselling yourself. But see what what's out there. You'd be totally surprised what people are selling on OnlyFans. It's not always just sex. Yeah. Wow. Cool. And do you feel like it, it's best if do you feel like you kind of need to be into the more kinky side of things to enjoy the work more or like be better at it um because I found like I'm super vanilla like for my personal um sexual preferences and like I, I really didn't enjoy it like when I tried um doming and things like that which I have an episode about with the pro dominatrix if anyone wants to check that out that's also interesting um and I just found that I didn't enjoy it. Like I was just trying to make money basically. And I didn't enjoy it because I'm not kinky. It doesn't really like, I don't find that sexually erotic um, myself. So I was like, oh, I'm just not doing a very good job of this. And if I was more into it myself, I think I'd be way more convincing and I would actually have like stuck it out because it would be more enjoyable to me. So do you think like you kind of need a, there needs to be that little bit extra motivation other than just trying to make money? That's a that's another great question. I think it depends because it could be the dominating side of you that feel might feel a little more uncomfortable to really like take the lead in those situations, especially if it's like a one-on-one show where you're actually seeing this person or you might feel more comfortable being submissive and having a conversation where daddy's telling you what to do with your fingers and then you're like, okay, and being very accommodating. So exploring those layers of sexual expression I think is something to start with. And I've recently, you know, there's nights where I just cannot do one-on-one shows. And my assistant was showing me about, uh, what was she showing me? Autoerotic, like recordings, like audio. And we started researching scripts Mm -hmm. that I could actually just record audio and send to my OnlyFans subscribers through messages. Like even if it's just a 10 second good morning, baby. How are you? I'm thinking about you in bed. Like really simple. You just turn on your voice and can do it in your phone. Um, But then I'm thinking as far as like we could do an hour long, you know, masturbation audio or JOI to our customers. And it's just so much easier because I don't have to like put my makeup on and get done up. I can just literally go outside with my coffee and put my sexy voice on. So it's finding these little holes in the market to that make you feel comfortable. And even if I'm not into it, there's something about it. It's just something I can 
click on. And I think that's where it favors the creators that can click that on. But if you can't, Mm -hmm. it's more of, okay, let's talk about foot fetish. Like you don't have to be sexually aroused to artistically take beautiful pictures of your feet or just trying to think outside of the box here, but you know, that's kind of an an example where you don't necessarily have to be aroused. So I think there's a lot of kinks and niches that uh, may not be totally focused on like masturbation, for example. Mm, love that. Yeah, totally. Cause like it's not all or nothing. Like there are so many different avenues and different forms. Oh my gosh. Even I think like the audio. The uh yeah. sorry to interrupt. I just just came to my mind. Um <laughs> like degrading. Like there's such a huge audience of guys who just want to be yelled and screamed and shouted at, and that takes <laughs> zero sexuality for me. I just think about all my exes and all the narcissists I know and just go to town on them and I feel so liberated <laughs> after those sessions. <laughs> so something like that, you yeah. know. Yeah, totally, totally. There'd be heaps of stuff that like you could do even if you didn't necessarily enjoy it um, sexually, I suppose. Um, Yeah, I think I was like really taking the hard road and all of my stuff was pretty much in person. But the stuff that I actually did enjoy was, um, yeah, yeah, because I was, I did like, um, I started out doing tantric massage, which is different to erotic massage in that like it's not to get them off it was really to like sublimate the energy and it was like all om shanti shanti it's meant to be very sacred and whatever turns out no one fucking wanted to come for a sacred massage they wanted a happy ending so there was a lot of like negotiations a lot of boundary pushing a lot of like me being really young and naive and not really understanding how to it was it was a tricky time and then a lot of people um yeah 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 I got into some pretty hairy situations um and then also trying the pro-doming thing um and I also found that I just really didn't I didn't like spitting on people and abusing them and like calling them racial slurs and all the things that they wanted me to do I was like oh this actually hurts my soul a little bit and it's not really for me and I kind of feel like I'm not very convincing because you know, and, and I talked about this on my, um, my Dom episode, but like had a house slave for a hot minute thinking that I would just get my house clean for free, but actually I had to fucking follow him around. And basically it was like more Uh, maintenance than if I just fucking clean my house myself. So uh, I kind of (laughs) tried my hand at some, some stuff. Um, but really just threw in the deep end and like, wasn't educated, like did not know enough. Um, which is why I would have loved having like a book, like your ebook, which I'll link in the show notes just to like, you know, like learn the lessons that I learned the hard way without having to learn them the hard way, you know? Um, and the stuff that I enjoyed the most was like just being able to, um, get paid like online for sending erotic texts or Mm -hmm. photos or, Audio, audio is actually my favorite because it's like you can be yeah. super anonymous. You don't have your face in there. You don't have to like. I was literally like, sometimes I would even pretend to be masturbating, and yes. I just fully wasn't and even at all. like with your ac- <laughs> your accent. You know, it's different. It's not an American accent, so that's something you already have to your advantage. And I think Sex Panther is a great website to do the sexting with and you can like just pass the phone to your friend <laughs> like it's it can be fun but i i uh, i admire that you had that in person experience that's something that um i probably 
won't experience, especially having a partner that I've always been really interested in how I'd react in that situation. But it's nice, like you said, uh, you know, with my book to be able to have uh, a list of ways to set boundaries or ways Mm. to protect your safety. Like in person is totally different because like they're coming to an address that they know of, but like Mm. online you have to protect your addresses in different ways and your emails and your IP address. Like there's so much, I mean, blackmail and being stalked and all these scary things that even some of my friends have recently gone through. I'm like, why haven't you gotten my book? You crazy bitch. Like you are not about to get stalked on my watch. We are not happening. No, (laughs) but it's crazy. I mean, all these hurdles at the beginning are so much scarier when you're going through them alone. And a lot of us just quit mm-hmm. right after because they're like, holy shit, like my safety's in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. But if you have just like just a little roadmap in front of you because there is no school mm-hmm. for sex work, God forbid, it can make it just a little bit lighter. <laughs> Praise be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, wow. I hadn't even thought about the prospect of like getting stalked. From an online, yeah, like so. So your ebook covers how to protect yourself and um, <clears throat> kind of set it up in a really safe way. Yeah, my you, I have my book, but I also split it up in smaller sections because there's a lot of beginners who might just want like the safety portion of it or the profile setup. But the safety one is by far the most important. I mean. If you are setting up on a new platform, you need new everything, new, like I said, new email, possibly a new phone or a different computer. Like you just need to completely come on the internet as a, as a different timestamp than any history you have attached to your personal life because it is a rabbit hole. I mean, you can just Google your phone number, your email, your name, and see what populates. There's a lot of these websites. I don't know if you've ever Googled a phone number to see who's called you. And all of a sudden, that phone number will show like all their addresses and who their mom is and all of these things. And even on these websites, which provide free information about you know, emails and phone numbers attached to each other. Because think about it. Every time you are on a website and check out and enter your email, your number, like if you're door dashing on Amazon, like you don't know what companies are selling your information. So just seeing what is on the internet about you already and stay away from any of that stuff you're using on your personal life, like your geotags, I'd go through your whole Instagram account and remove any location tags that you have tagged, or if you're in a friend's photo, um, remove yourself from that photo if it has the location tag, because you don't know who's going to just start frequenting frequenting that location to see where you are. And you can reverse image search. So don't ever use a picture that's attached to your Facebook. Like these people get off on blackmail. They, God, if you piss them off, if you don't sell something at the price they want, let alone they want it for free, they'll call you dad in a heartbeat if they can reverse image search your photo and see it on Facebook and call the college or God forbid the job you're working at. Because you can, you can do this smartly and safely, even if you have a job that doesn't allow sex work. You just have to be extremely careful. My God. Whoa. Yeah. Such good advice. I had not thought of any of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's kind of terrifying. And also, that just sounds like so much effort. I was con- I was like, maybe I, should, maybe I should give it another go. But, like, fuck, I'm not that tech savvy as it is. And having, like you know, 
a couple of like a few different email addresses and websites and social media accounts is already like way too much for me. Uh, so damn. No, it's it's still a lot for me to keep up with it all. It, it becomes just second nature. But like we said from the beginning, to anyone who thinks sex workers have it on easy mode, like they have no idea the the amount of sleep we're losing just hoping that you know nothing bad is going to happen to us. You know. Mm, yeah. Wow. So. What are there any like um, apps or websites nowadays um, that make it very, very, very easy and streamlined and accessible and anonymous that are like basically? I'm just asking, is there any like golden goose thing that you can just like get on and then it finds you clients and you don't have to spend heaps and heaps of hours and put in all this effort building following, blah, blah, blah? Or like, is it constantly con- like content creation and connection building and, you know, like, yeah hey me again if you'd like to support the potty and you've already given it five stars on whatever platform you're listening on i want to mention that you can buy some really dope merch from the website and get yourself a labia lounge tote tea togs yep you heard that right i even have labia lounge bathers or a cute fanny pack if that'd blow your hair back so uh, if fashion isn't your passion, though, you can donate to my Buy Me A Coffee donation page, which is actually called Buy Me A Soy Chai Latte, because I'll be the first to admit, I'm a bit of a Melbourne cafe tosser like that. And yes, that is my coffee order. <laughs> you can do a once-off donation or an ongoing membership and sponsor me for as little as three fat ones a month. And I also have a Sunroom profile over on the Sunroom app, as I've mentioned, And I also offer one-on-one coaching and online courses that'll help you level up your sex life and relationship with yourself and others in a really big way. So every bit helps because it ain't cheap to put out a sweet podcast uh, into the world every week out of my own pocket. So I will be undyingly grateful if you support me and my biz financially in any of these ways. And if you like, I'll even give you a mental BJ with my mind from the lounge itself. Saucy. Um, I'll pop the links in the show notes. Thank you. Later. Off the top of my head, I know I mentioned Sex Panther earlier, but any sexting websites, I think just getting on those and being able, I mean, honestly, you're only making pennies per text, but it does add up. And if you have time and energy and want to stay anonymous and want to immediately get some cash, there's that. Um, I think I use my free cams, but any camming platform, if you want to get on there and just have your feet on the screen and get some tokens coming in to a wide audience, like any camming site where people can pay tokens while you're live. And then, I mean, you could wear a mask, you can not show your face, you can cover up your tattoos with your clothing, you can be extremely creative with how you want to be anonymous if that's what you're doing. But those would be my first suggestions. Otherwise, there's websites. I actually have a list of 20 websites. Um, it's like a part of my ebook series on my site that you can kind of go through each website and see if one of them sticks out to you. But just kind of going on those, there's auction sites for your panties and socks. And again, you can just take a picture of the panty and they don't even have to be worn on you. But you have to have very low expectations. Like this buyer may not... Uh, trust that I don't have any reviews on my store and he's going to lowball me and having to commit to that time and effort 
So there's really it's there's really no easy cash grab. I get people messaging me a lot asking like, I'm about to lose my house and my kids. What do I do? And I'm like, go to the strip club. If you want an easy cash grab, if you want to make a lot of money in a short amount of time, go to the fucking strip club on amateur night. That's what I did. To me, that's going to be the the absolute quickest form of cash if you are able to get on stage and take your clothes off. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, cool. Wow, so much good stuff in here. So, so valuable. I'm like, I learned so much. I feel, yeah, so grateful to you for sharing so much of your knowledge and your experience. Oh, it's my um, pleasure. Yeah. Oh, it's like <laughs> half of it's like shits and giggles, and the other half of it's like, oh my God, I'm going to die. <laughs> I mean, every job comes with, like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's like, it's a trade-off, you know, like, there's no perfect solution or perfect job. And, like, I often am like, oh, my God, like, this whole being self-employed thing, like, can just get fucked. Like, I just want to go to work, come home, close the door and be done with it, whereas I am on all the time. There's a million balls in the air. There's a million, like, I am wearing all the hats and having to play all the roles. And it's, you know, sometimes no money comes in for like literally months and then sometimes I'm doing okay. And and it's like very exhausting and very terrifying and constantly evolving. But I don't know. And I have my low moments like for yeah. sure. I think it's a rite of passage for like anyone self-employed <clears throat> and trying to like blaze a trail that's a bit unusual as well. Yes. Um, but I don't know. Like I don't think I could – the alternative would be like you said before, like being in a cubicle or I don't know, doing a nine-to-five nine job which – I just, for me personally, I don't know if I could ever go back to now and I'm really grateful that I have so much variety and, you know, the challenge is a part of it. I I think, like, a job is always going to be light and dark and pros and cons, you know. I I agree. And and the fact we we both have a podcast, so for for me particularly, when I have those low moments – there's nothing better than to get a message, an email, a DM from someone who was struggling before they saw my content and now they're emp- empowered and becoming successful. Mm. And there's no greater goal than that. Like for me, I've I've accomplished all my goals. I hit a million dollars by the time I was 21. I've created businesses. I've helped rescue dogs. Like there's really, I've you know been on TV and radio and there's nothing really more that's going to the the latter i've i've reached the top it's been lonely at the top so there's <laughs> there's really nothing sweeter than using what i've been through at my age and just knowing that it's going to continuously help others and that when i die i will have left a legacy behind so honestly mm-hmm. i continue to do sex work for that for that experience to teach others and i don't think again i agree i couldn't do any other job because this is what's me. This is my normal. And as hard as it feels sometimes, it's hearing from my community at the end of the day and being like, holy shit, we created, we created a space that's safe for, for especially women and young Mm -hmm. women who didn't get to hold someone's hand on the way up. And it's, it's so, uh, it, it gives me goosebumps. I just want to be 
mama sweat to the ones who are like, what do I do? I'm like, it's okay, baby. We got this. It's going to be hard, but we got this. <laughs> so beautiful. Yeah, I resonate with that. That's that's the main thing that keeps me going as well. Like when it's super hard and I'm not earning any money and I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, um, you know, the messages from people being like, you changed my life or like, yeah, it's just, it's, it sort of shows can't put a price on that you know exactly yeah yeah like how many people can say that and and get those messages regularly you know like we are having a positive impact even if it's like not having the most positive impact on me right now (laughs) on my bank account and my health it's going to one day (laughs) um and yeah it's like such a good feeling and and it feels very purposeful um, I'm super passionate about that. So, yeah, I really recognize that in you as well. We love a hoe with a purpose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So, as Mama Slut, have you got any parting words for listeners that might reassure them or help them, like, feel less alone or less broken or abnormal? Like, I, you probably haven't heard, but my jingle for the podcast, um, some of the lyrics are like, you know, don't worry, you're not broken. Oh. And I like to ask um, listeners if they have any like reassuring words or yes, yeah, words of wisdom to leave. I say, I say this a lot, but you are you and that is your power. And I had a, a conversation with someone today, a close friend of mine that was feeling down. Like there was just, sh- she was bringing in a lot of the wrong people in her life. And I said, look, you deserve to be loved and loving you is easy. Anyone who makes it hard is not for you. So anyone listening, just know that loving you is, you are easy to be loved and you deserve it. And of course, falling in love with yourself is the most highest energy of love you could ever get to. So make sure to not seek it in others. Make sure to just be fucking obsessed with yourself because that's where all that (laughs) goddess power can come from. And when you love yourself, like you attract really good things in your life. And even if it's finances that you're worrying about, just keep loving yourself, manifest that money. It'll come your way, but take care of yourselves and you are you. That is your fucking power. Mm, preach so beautiful love that eat that up everyone eat it (laughs) and Anna's given us a 10% discount using the code slut um on like all of her businesses so that's like babes with blades wait babes Blades, blades for babes. <laughs> yeah, I know. Did I get that? Yeah, blades oh for babes, the <laughs> alien outfitters, professionalgoddess.com is where you'll find all my books. My podcast is on there. It's the Slutrepreneur podcast. It's basically entrepreneur with slut in front of it. But if you can't spell, <laughs> find it at professionalgoddess.com. I'm on Instagram at Miss Mothership. And I'm also on TikTok. Rebecca Blue with two Ks. That is also my OnlyFans name. You can just Google Rebecca Blue and you will see the plethora of weird things I sell on the internet, <laughs> viral content. If you need a good laugh, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'll put it all in the in the Facebook group for this potty and the show notes as well. So thank you so, so, so much, Anna. It's been so much fun. Oh, you make my heart burst. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. And that's it, darling hearts. 
Thank you for stopping by the Labia Lounge. Your bum groove in the couch will be right where you left it, just waiting for you to sink back in for some more double L action next time. And in the meantime, if you'd be a dear and subscribe, share this episode, or leave a review on iTunes, then you can pat yourself on the snatch because that, my dear, is a downright act of sex-positive feminist activism. And you'd be supporting my vision to educate, empower, demystify, and destigmatize with this here podcast. Also, I'm always open to feedback, topic ideas that you'd love to hear covered, or guest suggestions. So feel free to get in touch via my website at freyograph.com or say hey over on Insta. My handle is Freya underscore graph underscore YMT and I seriously hope you're following me on there because damn, we have fun. We have fun. Anyway, later labial legends. I'll see you next time.